Welcome to the Dope Academy Podcast, Episode 2, based on the song Mood Swing by Artist Trilly. I'd like to take a moment just to thank everybody for listening and offering their support and bearing with me while I teach myself as I go. And I just hope for our content to just keep getting better and better. My guest today is local DMV artist Trilly. I had the pleasure of hearing his music recently and having a conversation with him, and I thought he'd be a great guest for the podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Well, the reason why I wanted to have Trilly on is to let everybody know that he has some dope music out there. Um, One of my favorite songs from him is called Baby Lungs, and he's just recently released a song titled... Check Me Out on All Streaming Platforms. So you definitely want to check that out. Um, Trilly has a unique story that I think is a really good way for black Americans whose parents um, were also born and raised here to have a different perspective of being black in America. He was born to um, first generation immigrants and his parents had a unique story and he was raised by um, immigrant parents. So I just thought it would be great to bring him on and get his perspective. So, tell me a little bit about your um, upbringing in America. You were born here? Yeah, I was born in Arlington, Virginia. Um, I lived here for about three, four years, and then we moved to Denver. So, I have a little bit of Midwest influence. I stayed there for about six years, and we came back to Virginia. And, yeah, it was just, uh, my parents were really deep-rooted in their culture in Ethiopia, so... I was always around the food, the music, and everything. Um, Because you are a music artist, do you feel like that influenced your musical taste or what you may do in your career in the future? I think it did because music was always playing in the house, like always in every genre, but um, I got a different perspective from listening to Ethiopian music, you know, Mm -hmm. in the morning, waking up to it, hearing it all day, hearing it at all the family functions and everything, so. Yeah, it definitely influenced me. That's dope. So most of your friends you grew up with, were they also um, children of first generation or second generation immigrants, or were they mostly black Americans who had black American parents who were born and raised here? So what what I think the Ethiopian community did here was basically make us feel like we had a sense of community. So they would just tell each other that we cousins. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll be like, oh, that's your cousin over there. So, you know, just because the parents were cool or whatever. So, oh, that's interesting. So, like, that's yeah, we would just have all these fake dope. cousins, you know. Yeah. But, but just a sense of community, which I feel like um, oftentimes we can miss mm-hmm. here. You know, those of us in the diaspora in general. Um, so, I wanted to get into a little bit about your perspective of being a child of parents who grew up somewhere else and get that story um, to just offer a different perspective. Mm -hmm. So your parents met each other where? They met each other in a city called Gondor, Gondor, Ethiopia. So that's more in the countryside of Ethiopia. Okay. And they had, how many siblings do you have? I have two older brothers. And they were they both born in Ethiopia? Yeah, my oldest brother was born in Ethiopia, and um, my second oldest, he was born in Sudan. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, like, I remember you telling me a little bit about them eventually getting to Sudan. What was their reasoning for leaving Ethiopia and going to the Sudan? So um, there was just a lot of conflict 
in Ethiopia with the with tribes and politics and um, the government was was sort of like a tyranny at the time. So it was a, it was a tyrannical government. People would be dying in the streets for protesting and everything. So um, it was a sensitive time. It wasn't the best time to raise a child, and my mother was pregnant with my second oldest. So many groups of people. Um, would be traveling to, to all the bordering countries just to escape as refugees. Wow, and I think, um, I remember you telling me earlier that your parents walked from Ethiopia to the Sudan. Yeah, they actually walked like hundreds of other people. Wow, so um, in that area you do um, research on it. What I found was that there's a lot of countries that have these mass exodus where people have to get out by any means and mm -hmm. that's an experience that we haven't experienced here as um, black americans born with parents who did not have you know mm -hmm. those type of stories because we're, we're disconnected from the motherland right. now when you're you're growing up in america so you're like you know you're american kid you're normal american black kid but did you feel like when you went to go to your friends houses that things were different did you notice anything different yeah definitely, definitely. what were those things I would say um, just like relationship in the home too. Um, some people weren't really family oriented and I was used to that in the culture. It's mm -hmm. like it's like a family first type culture. So um, like it was just it was interesting seeing what people go through on a day to day basis, how they grow up. That's something really I've different. heard from um, people from the Caribbean as well. It, why do you think that is like why do you think that in america a lot of the black families aren't as connected as they should be when that's really a part of our roots what do you think was the influence for that i think it's all at the end of the day i think it's all systematic mm -hmm. like i really that's how i view it because i don't see anything falling apart unless police is involved or any you know illegal activities are involved or just some some form of brainwashing i feel like mm -hmm. and you know yeah i definitely believe that the brainwashing is a reason behind it i believe that um brainwashing us to believe that we can't be this family structure um that we need to be and some families are still connected and we do see that somewhat but i do notice a breakdown compared to our brothers and sisters from the motherland um, directly in the you know last generation. I believe that slavery was in, in the practice of that, families were split up. So that gets ingrained as trauma. Mm -hmm. Then with the welfare system and benefits from the government, a lot of people need that, but a lot of people also don't understand that it takes the fathers out of the home and it's set up to kind of keep you separated. So right. I definitely understand what you're saying with that. Um, I, think, I think the majority of slavery is brainwashing like oh yeah you know like probably like 70 percent i would mm -hmm. say is really brainwashing over physicality yes yeah, it's, it's um breaking them physical and then keeping them in mental slavery right mental slavery lasts way longer you mm -hmm. know um i definitely believe that to be true for sure um how was your dating life when you were a teenager though with parents who were um a little more family orientated <laughs> They were like, see, I wouldn't bring no girls home oh. because <laughs> cause I feel like if you brought a girl home, it was like, 
serious. Shit had to be serious or something. Mm-hmm. But they would know like if I if I had a girlfriend or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, I, I wasn't really dating too much anyway. What was the discipline like? Do you feel like your parents were stricter on you than some of your other friends? Yeah, I think so, definitely. <laughs> Cause they wouldn't understand. They'd be like, they'd be like, oh, he on punishment today. He can't come uh-huh. out, you know. But it'd be like, like it was just like they were really strict on my grades, especially. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I didn't understand it. You know, At now that time. I actually know what they went through for me, mm-hmm. like I see all this sacrifice. So it's just like I look back. I'm like, man, I was so stupid. I wish I, you know, worked harder. Exactly. So that's that's what I'm hustling today for, just to to give them a. a, a a reason just to let them know that they came in for a reason it yeah. wasn't for it wasn't for nothing that's dope that's yeah. what's up for sure so what did your parents think about your friends since this is their first experience with young kids mm-hmm. you know in a different country they were going to see that through their children yeah, were they shocked at how different we were over here we, i mean we all don't look that different we just look like we come from different tribes you right know? right but yeah, I, and at the end of the day, like he, I guess he learned that they're pretty much all the same. He's he's a um, cab driver for most of his life, mm-hmm. so he he really dealt with a lot of different people, and he would always tell me like, you see how these like rich white kids act, or mm-hmm. you see how these he's just like just he's like just stay out the way and just focus on what you need to focus on. Yeah. So that's so he got to see different um, people and different privileged people. Exactly. And- yeah. DC, you see all types of people. Yeah. Oh, in DC, you definitely will. Did they ever not want you to hang around um, kids who were had a different family background than you did? For that I would reason, say that. Not, I would, not just you know because yeah, that. Yeah, it's def- they were definitely biased. You mm-hmm. know, they weren't too controlling about it. But it's like I could tell. You yeah. Know, they wouldn't really be too happy. I. You know what? You know, some people can look at that and be like. Oh, that's wrong but i think it comes from that sense of family and oneness and there's like this tribe yeah so these people are out and they can they can influence you in a different exactly, way so yeah. yeah so you look out for your kids for sure all right so let's talk a little bit about your music so when did you first start getting a hip-hop influence when did you first start listening to music in the early 2000s so when i was my brother's eight years older than me, so when it was like around when he was in middle school, or high school, you know, hanging outside, playing basketball, me and new friends and everything. Mm-hmm. So that's when I would, he would just turn the radio on in the house and I would always be hearing hip hop. So Kanye, T.I., Luda, mm-hmm. you know, young, like Jeezy, people like that. Were. When did you know you had talent to um, be able to rap? About. It was, so like I released my first song in high school. I'm sorry, like, I don't mean to cut you off. Yeah, no, it's fine. So um, I have somebody in the room taping me. I just realized you're taping me, and I got shoes that don't match the shirt. <laughs> I already told you the situation that led to this. <laughs> Make sure you get the upper body. Yeah, man, come on. You can get, get the cap shirt. Get the though. good angles, man. You can get the cap shirt. Get <laughs> my good side. All right, I'm sorry. <laughs> <Not good. laughs> so when did you discover that you could write? Um, I was saying poetry in middle middle school, like fifth grade, I think. Mm-hmm. Or that's when I, like, my teacher was like, wow, you know, but I really <laughs> saw it as just rap. 
So you were just writing raps, and she yeah, thought it was this eloquent poetry exactly. because it is. But you yeah, know, not yeah. the um, not to, sense of what she was thinking. She thought she was really just trying to focus on just regular poetry. Yeah. But rap is amazing poetry. That's why I think that. Um, not to sidetrack, but I am going to sidetrack. No, I think Wale yeah. is so underrated because and Kendrick because they use poetry forms that most people don't pick up on. I agree. You know, and that's why. Um, even though the Migos music after a while to me it sounds redundant I still like it don't get me wrong mm-hmm. I still like it but sometimes it sounds redundant that's a whole, that's a whole, another, a whole lane. another that's a whole other lane you know triplet poetry style so mm-hmm. I do like when rappers um, actually study poetry and structure around that a little bit more and do different styles you know with that so you discovered your, your teacher was wild you knew you could write and then you just kept writing throughout high school yeah like maybe a couple times a year just to a beat that i heard you know just like for fun and then um i saw my friend ali he was recording at home like he's just the biggest class clown in school so Mm -hmm. he made some uh like some making my way downtown like (laughs) remix like just being stupid and everybody in school heard that Mm -hmm. i was like oh how you record that actually sounded like good quality and he just put me on to it and then that's when I gave up basketball. I was really into basketball. Like I wanted to be in the NBA at that time. But whoa, yeah. so you wanted to be an NBA player? Yeah, I wouldn't say I would. And I would have made bitch it. you like that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I feel it. I feel it. That's dope. So, did anybody who knew that you wanted to be a basketball player say, "What are you doing? What are you talking about?" Or, or did they not really say anything? Because basketball, having an NBA dream is a big dream too. Yeah, you know? that's. I think that's bigger. Honestly. Hell yeah. Yeah. Especially that's nowadays, because you can really record and put your music on. Right. It's too as much easy. As you, yeah, you just can't walk on any NBA field. <laughs> nah. I mean, uh, court. Right. So. <clears throat> that's not to be edited. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to get into some questions I have about some things that are going on in the public eye that's affecting black culture and, you know, things that are being talked about. So the first thing I want to talk about is about Popeye's chicken. And we're going to bring in the producer Osiris, whose music you hear in my intro. We're going to bring him in also for this discussion. Um, He and Trilly will be... um, embarking on a new adventure together and they have some business opportunities coming and some music opportunities coming and I wish them the best on that but that's why I really wanted to get Trilly in for this interview because they're about to be jet setting a little bit. Amen, amen. Welcome Osiris, the producer. What's going on? Osiris. Yeah, talking to the mic. What's going on? There you go. There you go. Alright, so look y'all, I want to ask y'all some questions because I have to discuss this. This is crazy. All right, so everybody's been going crazy about Popeye's chicken. To this day, I still haven't had this Popeye's chicken sandwich. From what I've heard is that the regular sandwich is nothing to really write home about, but the spicy joint is banging, right? Okay, cool. But we have given them so many advertising dollars, like free advertising by, you know, putting it on social media and things like that. So there's been this topic of conversation uh, well, how come Black America can jump behind something and promote it, but when it's you know local entrepreneurs or their businesses, they can't? So I want to know your thoughts on that for sure, because um, I'm kind of twofold with it. I don't think that you plan it. 
I think somebody eats a chicken and be like, <laughs> uh, this joint is lit, you, you know, so? bust down. This, you know, and then okay. every, it, then it just goes crazy because that's how viral stuff works. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, I think that we don't promote things enough that right. we should, and we don't understand our trillions of dollars of value buying power, you know. So I definitely want to talk about that, but I want to know if you've eaten the chicken, if it's even worth the hype, and when do you think I will be able to get a chicken sandwich because they're always sold out? So I had it last week. Okay, it's really you had, had it last it, week. Yes, I had it a week ago. Mm-hmm. Exactly a week ago. Mm-hmm. Like before it was really viral, I didn't even know it was a thing. And I just ordered it because it was like, what, $3.99? I was like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. I gotta get that. So I, it was just, it wasn't nothing special to me. It was good. Like Popeyes is good. Yeah, Pope, Pope, I love Popeyes. It was like a good Popeyes yeah, chicken so, on the butt. But it just. But the black people be doing that. the most. They exactly. describe it to me like, nah, you don't understand. It's the bun. It's got the sweetness. I mean, <laughs> but that's that. Like, like you said, that's the influence that black people have, though. Yeah, which is dope. That you we know what I'm saying? They, they didn't money. invest a dollar into into mm-hmm. this. Now, actually, Popeyes is owned by a white lady who uses a black lady in the advertising to say Zatarans. You know, every which once is in a which while. is genius. <laughs> that's low key genius. Yeah, because you have to use it for your marketing. But right. when we're not being utilized properly in certain areas, it's like well, everybody else understands our buying power. Why don't we? Exactly. You know, why don't we? When, when we we move the culture, and our culture influences the bigger culture in this country. Really, we gonna show me a meme on a, <laughs> how some of y'all look overreacting to that Popeye's chicken? Oh, um, so he just she just uh, passed me a, a meme, and it has a whole bunch of black people dressed up as um, I guess what we people would say Sambo mm-hmm. um, character uh, with you know over overpainted lips and things like that and darker skin. But, you know, some people feel like that because it's crazy you're standing in line for a chicken sandwich that you know Big Mama can make just as it's good. Like, stop it. It's chicken. It's chicken. So, man. while I want it, I'm, I'm not going to stand in line for it. Like, not that long. And I've it's seen good. viral videos of people fighting over it's it. It's good. Like, it's good. It's worth catching a face. It's just not, like, I don't like, know. I mean. <laughs> like, it'll make you double take probably. Like, oh, this is, you know, but, like. They're like, it's the skin. It's just it's <laughs> The bun it melts in your it's mouth. Like, this shit right here. <laughs> <laughs> so, Osiris, have you had the chicken sandwich? Well, I'm a vegetarian, so I have it. Oh, you wanted them uh, Negroes. Yeah, but I'm I getting did. Healthy and stuff. I did have the Impossible Whopper. Oh, I've heard about that. So, what is that? Is that good? Yeah, it's good. Does it like? Would it you just tastes like a meat? Whopper, but it's not. There's meat. no meat. No meat. What it's are they using? What plants? They use like all type of stuff. Watermelon. See, they just, they just tell you. You, just you gotta eat. ask them. <laughs> you eat no It tastes burger. like a burger. <laughs> I, I kept hearing about it, but right. I didn't know why people were talking about it. So that it's makes sense. Like beans, like no, I, I heard it's stuff. GMO. Yeah. I heard it's GMO soy, so I'm actually not gonna mess with it anymore. GMO oh, nah. soy. Everything's GMO mm-hmm. outside of the house. Yeah, well, as long as they tell me, I'm not going to mess with it. He's probably right. It's probably made out of, like, black beans or chickpeas. And rice. Brown rice. So when you eat one of them burgers with no meat in it, hold on, I don't mean, but does it taste, like, the texture? Is it like a like a regular burger? On that one, yeah. On that one, but but normally it's not. I mean, it depends because there's different types of, like, veggie burgers. But can you, are they readily available that you can get them? Yeah. Yeah. Like, ones that taste like a burger. Yeah. Like the oh well then what's the big deal about the Impossible Burger? You could get the Beyond Burger, but the Impossible Whopper 
actually tastes like a Whopper. So whoever likes that signature Whopper taste, oh, they, they can just go the get taste. it. Yeah, and you can get it in the drive-thru. Okay, so you so. got a little convenience of it going on. And what made you um, stop eating meat? Just hearing everything Dr. Sebi was talking about. So you started following more of Dr. Sebi and you decided that we weren't supposed to be eating meat, which I also have followed some of his teachings. I'm not, I don't have the strength yet, you know, to, <laughs> to really fully do something. But some things that I have followed, I feel better. You know, it works in certain ways. And I think that um, many of us could benefit from taking a holistic approach of what God put on the earth from us anyway. And um, that's that on that. So have you, did you, did you say, you, you, you said that you are vegetarian. Has anybody in your house or anybody you know had the chicken sandwich and what was their reaction to you? Oh, I haven't heard of any of them talking about it. So okay, so you it. you know what? You know what it is? I don't think they had it. You're, you're locking yourself in a basement for three summers. This is a different world, like three summers, like Kanye West. <laughs> That's what it is. He, he works on beats all the time. He doesn't watch no TV, nothing. I, I, I appreciate it, you know? Um, that's, I mean, I acknowledge it. Sorry, we've been sipping, smoking. So, little, little, little nice right now. Truly, where you go? I went to get my watch. Oh, it's a four dollar watch, but <laughs> it was a gift. All right, so I want to talk about the Jay Z NFL deal. Now, I know for a fact that Osiris doesn't know what's going on because you're so locked away all the time. Y'all don't have to put the headphones on. You can't be one. It's better without. It's better without because you don't have to hear it. It's like you got to listen close with them all. Mm. Well, Jay-Z's deal, I wanted to ask you about it. Trilly, are you familiar with his recent deal with the NFL? Um, I, I saw him sitting down and talking about it. I, th I heard him talking about, like, action. Mm -hmm. He was just like, okay, it's like that was symbolic. And I was just to get the message across, but... There's no action being done. People just retweeting stuff and just like mm -hmm. it's really not doing anything. Okay, so do you know what happened after he said that? I actually do. I have no idea about the deal. Okay. I don't. So Jay Z has been under quite the amount of scrutiny. Um, it's gone really bad. He he's been called a sellout. Um, Damon Dash said everybody knows he ain't shit. Um, several people, including um, football player Eric Reed, came out saying that he was upset. And it was despicable mm. and they feel like he betrayed colin kaepernick because colin was not included on the deal okay and they also feel like he's a sellout because he's working with the nfl now the original deal from what they're saying is supposed to include him helping to um, do the entertainment so i'm sure he'll be bringing more rock nation artists there okay and he's going to be working with them to um, increase social justice efforts to work on things that we've been speaking about with police brutality and things like that, which if you are familiar with Jay-Z, you know that he that's what he does. That's what he's been doing. Right. He's been bailing dads man. out. He's been helping Trayvon Martin's family mm -hmm. get the documentary on Trayvon Martin right. and Khalif Browder. I think he was included on the recent um, Meek Mill documentary on Amazon Prime. I believe that he had a part in that. But if you're familiar with him, you know that he's doing that. But that didn't really take any people were mad, you know? Mm -hmm. The optics were bad, you know? He was sitting there with Roger Goodell, he's like, ha 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 ha, right. blah, blah, blah. Is it just the entertainment that he's controlling? No, he's doing the entertainment, but, but the deal includes him being able to um, lead their efforts of 
social justice reform and, and their um, companies that he has, I guess, pulling money to him. The deal hasn't really been fully explained, so we don't know. And that's another thing, you know, we don't fully know, but it's going to include social justice efforts. We don't know what that means yet. Right. Yeah, that's, we see, that's, that kind of got me thinking yeah. a little cloudy too. We don't know what it means yet. Um, so I wanted to get y'all's perspective. I'm just telling you about that. And now with Colin Kaepernick, as everyone knows, or everyone should know, he took a knee um, to bring awareness to the police brutality that was going on in Black America with our um, Black American fathers and sons and daughters and mothers. And because he did that, he was pretty much whiteballed out of the NFL. So many, many believe that he should be given the right to um, play for a team and they brought other people who had a worse um, record than him back and you know they believe it was um, what's the word I'm looking for not corruption but they purposely did it right okay Salute Colin. they sabotaged yeah sabotaged them um, I have definitely supported his efforts from the beginning hands down but recently he took up he took a deal a payout not a deal but a payout from the NFL which most people have no problem with because, you know, he deserves something. They, they definitely did that to him over him speaking out, which should be his right in this country. We don't really know what that deal entailed, okay? But right now in America, which you guys don't know because you're so focused on the music, is that there are a lot of people angry at Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. They're calling him sellout, all this stuff for the deal. So your perspective, what do you feel? Do you feel like he's a sellout or do you feel like it was a good way to get your foot in the door so that you can create change in this organization, which may lead to change elsewhere? So <clears throat> aside from all the biased comments from people, because if if you really take their opinions, if you give their opinions weight, you know, you, you can actually see this in a whole nother mm-hmm. light. But I, I'm trying to be Jay-Z. I'm gonna, I want to see it from his viewpoint. You know, people always talking shit every day. So mm-hmm. it could be he's proved enough to be to me, honestly. Like that's how I feel. He actually we should, has he, he deserves enough. the benefit of the doubt. At least. Yeah, I so, believe he deserves the benefit of the doubt. So like this really could be him getting his foot in the door and and being able to make change for the years to come. Mm-hmm. But I, I understand the other people's viewpoint, especially like Dame Dash, because he's been fucked over by Jay. So yeah, so he has a bias. He, exactly. And so, I love Dame, but yeah. he's biased. So he's always going to see him in a certain light. So it, it could go either way to me. And what about you, Osiris? What do you feel about the deal? I think he might have a further plan for down the road. Like mm-hmm. he might just be playing it cool for now. Agreed. So that is also my perspective, um, what both of you touched on. So I battle back and forth with people. I'm not really battle, but you know, gave my perspective and it's, you know, I'm okay with being um, a person who is not going with what everybody else is saying. I'm like, you're looking at this. First of all, you don't know what the deal is. You're just, you're running to hate him because some people came out and hated him. If I tell you what I really think, people are gonna think I'm crazy, but I just have a feeling that this is all planned I think the people who, the big, you know, notable people who are speaking out need to do that mm-hmm. to have him be able to separate himself from parts of what's going on in that arena 
to be able to enact change elsewhere because right. of just how the good old boy system is. Yeah, someone has to step in. I believe we may see a Trojan horse type of situation. Exactly. Uh, but of course, he's not going to tell us. Like, of course, he wouldn't. <laughs> right. You know, who's going to do that? Now, now, let's say seven years down the line, he ain't done shit. Like, of course, okay, that was messed up. You sold out. Yeah. But I'm not going to just jump on a bandwagon and be like, oh, that's messed up. He sold out. The the football player talking about it takes a check from that company exactly so i don't understand how we can be that much that angry of him like of course he's going to take some money and then they were making up rumors that he was buying he was uh, he was going to be given a stake in a team he was going to purchase and maybe he won't in the future but right now that's not there and mm -hmm. people got mad about that and colin wasn't included i just think that we need to give that man like i think he deserves a wait and see approach i mean nfl money is different yeah, I know. I know. Like, nah, my boy, he's a billionaire. You know, mm -hmm. he's he's a man. But still, NFL money. Yeah, they they throwing around hundreds of millions. You know, mm -hmm. so it's different. But wouldn't it be beautiful? Like in my fantasy world, Jay Z gets in there, and he, you know, he gives a human a human face to who we are, but still being a businessman, mm -hmm. which the business thing I want to touch on, because people were really mad that they saw him in a video laughing with Roger Goodell, whatever that guy's name yeah. is, because mm -hmm. I'm not really into sports too much, but mm -hmm. that's what businessmen do. You think that these people go into these big billion dollar business deals or a hundred thousand dollar business deal or a million dollar business deal. And when you see them laughing and being chummy, that they all love each other? Nah, no, hell no, nah, hell no. They do that because that's how capitalism works in this country. Right. So I don't even take you know any stock stake with that. I do believe that the optics were bad, but you know, I it would be beautiful if Jay Z got in there, learned. You know what I'm saying? He said, "I'll show you how to move in a room full of vultures." Mm -hmm. So he learns everything, the intricate parts of it, and he, then he positions himself to pool his money with other famous black um, content creators or influencers like Diddy or Master P or whatever mm -hmm. and really did buy a team like not have a stake like really was able to really really get some footing in the door right. or learn everything and then create your own like, that could a, be, that I could was be really a, proud like hearing him on in the nets yeah yeah that was, that's amazing like, that's, that is that that's is a big dope. deal um, and I know people have views on that and some of his other business dealings in the past, but you have to realize this person comes from the hood and he's learning. You exactly. know? He has a learn as he goes, goes along as well. That's amazing. I just think that we're really critical over stuff that should be like applauded. Like, wow, you know, you've been doing this, this, and that. Yeah, have you heard about like how this generation is more sensitive than any other generation and the reason behind it? Oh, I don't have to hear about it. I see it. Do you know why though? No, I don't know why. Why, why would you think? Why would I think? I think there's a lot of... Um, coddling that gets done. I think in this generation we're we we are it's it's my generation a lot of it, but it's mm -hmm. it's like we don't wanna spank our kids, we don't want to hold them accountable for anything, we wanna coddle them. The men, um, a lot of men are being raised by just women, which right. is gonna have a whole different type of child rearing situation. Um, I believe we give everybody trophies. Yeah. These little kids go on like little league teams or whatever. <laughs> they lose and they still get a trophy. What? <laughs> yeah. When exactly. I was little, yeah. you lost something. You lost something. You know, mm -hmm. that dodgeball hit you. You had to get out the line. Like, right. you couldn't be like, well, I can have my one foot in because yeah. they said I'm special. Like, nah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I think we do a little too much of that now. So that's my perspective. Why do you believe that is? So, I mean... I have read this and I believe it to be true. It was just like 
every generation went through some type of economic crisis or went through some type of war or went through something where it was just like we have bigger things to worry about right now but right now it's just like they've never experienced really, anything yeah it's really no pain like real trauma to their lives it's just like oh my gosh like you turn my xbox off like yeah something man. stupid you know just like you know, that's kids getting suicidal kids 9 11 though you see these school shootings like oh, these oh, mass shootings yeah. there's oh. been like 280 plus this year it's crazy like that doesn't make any sense it doesn't it i believe it does make sense but we're just not addressing it correctly but it's only the u.s there's only a couple mm-hmm. other countries that have you know but the majority of the world has they don't have mass shootings it's yeah i'm definitely gonna have a podcast episode on that mm-hmm. i have lots of thoughts when it comes to that um and hopefully one day we won't have to worry about that. Like our kids are going to school worried about being shot in school. Man, that's, that's crazy. crazy. You know they have drills. They're mm-hmm. doing drills in school. Like I've never, I've never even experienced. That. I've only been out of school for like five years. So mm-hmm. it's like that's it's crazy how times really change. They even have like clothing for kids. Like you can get them bulletproof vests and stuff. Like it's crazy. Come on, it's wild out here. It's wild out here. But um, back to the NFL deal. Mm-hmm. Um, we're on the Dope Dichotomy, we're supporting Jay-Z's efforts. We're hoping that he goes in there and does exactly what he needs to do and what he sure. wants to do, and it really does benefit us in some type of way. I know the NFL is not the solver of America's um, systemic oppression <laughs> towards right. black people. It's an influence. Um, but it Big is an influence, and they did do something that was some foul shit. So it's okay to hold their you know feet to the fire in certain ways and, and get things from them. And y'all stop misinterpreting that line that I said no to the Super Bowl. You need me, I don't need you. <laughs> because this would be exactly what he means. If he takes a deal now, they need a face. Exactly. They need somebody from black culture that can help them with their image. They do need him. That's yes. what he's saying. Yes, and sir. when you get an opponent who needs you, they're weak. Y'all better go out there and start reading Machiavelli, The Prince, and The Art of War, and mm-hmm. 48 Laws of Power. Like, stop acting like y'all don't know what's going on right. and just being mad. Think. Think a little deeper on that one. That goes back to the, just the, the influence, like you said, like the pop with the Popeyes. Like, yeah. It's, it's like, like groupthink. We, yeah. we got way too much groupthink going on. Exactly. So why not have the leaders doing what Jay-Z is doing? Mm-hmm. Much get your foot in the door. Influence your people for the better. Because... We were talking about slavery and how it's a uh, major- majority is mental. Mm-hmm. So we need to break that cycle. It's the same thing. Yeah. It's the, it's the exact same cycle. thing. I mean, we could we could advance so much if we used it. Now it's like we have black masters now. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. <clears throat> and we need to um, think a little differently the way we approach things. All right, so now we're gonna get into some hip hop. Um, we're gonna talk about your feelings on, does this sound like it's echoing? Oh, you know what it is? I got the speaker up loud. Next, I wanna go ahead and get into some hip hop talk. What are y'all's views? Because you are young music lovers um, and soon to be influencers to hip hop culture. What are your thoughts on the state of hip hop currently? Osiris, you got any take? Well, I think everybody has a chance. It's a fair opportunity for all new up and coming artists, even playing field. 
Well, what do you feel about the type of music that's being made? Do you like the music? Do you feel like there's enough diversity? I feel like there could be more diversity, definitely, definitely. But everybody could find what they're looking for. What's your What's your favorite type of hip hop right now? I like trap right now mainly. And those are a lot of the beats you do are trap beats. Um, do you listen to any other type of hip hop? I'm not saying that necessarily like boom bap, you know, but anything yeah, I do. different outside of that. Like if you if you like trap, do you also listen to like your J. Cole's and Yeah. I, I listen to everything. But there's a time and a place for everything. Yeah. Like you're not gonna be riding around in the car with all your boys blasting mm-hmm. certain things. Yeah, that's true. So you, you leave a love song so when they get out the car? Like, it was just a do you love me? You do all that? <laughs> I don't take it that far. But. Okay. Back when you were listening to Beautiful Thugger Girl. I think I skipped that one. <laughs> <laughs> that one didn't catch my attention. That didn't get you? <laughs> so, Trilly, what do you think of the state of hip-hop right now? I think it's, like, more diverse than it's ever been. Because, you know, it started off... Did, did hip hop start in the late seventies or early eighties? Mm-hmm. Late seventies. So like late seventies, it was really just talking about your life and what's on your mental. Over, like you know. Actually, so, that was that sound like the, I ain't no joke beat. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just Not that, a little bit after. It's like you know. It's like so. It was. I think now when you have these 808s this bass just boom boom and then you have auto-tune and it's like you can express yourself in a different way you feel like hip-hop is advanced in many ways definitely because like he's like osiris was saying it's a lane for everything now so if you still miss that old sound you have cole and kendrick and um even what's his name corday like it's that it's there's still new generation but it's old school feel to it you know one of the things about um when you said about the beats i think that did push it to change somewhat because beats matter Definitely. and the type of beats you use is how you're going to ride the beat when you're rapping exactly you know so their cadence changes which changes music mm-hmm. you know if all of a sudden like um you guys are a little younger than me but when bone thugs and harmony came out and they were doing these melodic right. sounds mm-hmm. while rapping which now I see their influence and people Migos. like Young Thug and Migos and you see it. You see them like the way that they are, you know, intricate, um, doing their rhyme schemes, you know. But back then it was like, what? Right, it's new. Yeah, they mm-hmm. sound like a church choir. <laughs> and they rapping about that. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I definitely think that um, beats change the trajectory of hip hop. Bone Thugs don't get enough credit. No, they don't. They, they really don't. don't. I think that there was a moment in time and they're just one of those groups that don't get the credit. And you know, one of the reasons I think they don't get the credit is because when you do these top five lists or these top 50 lists or whatever, groups usually aren't included. Never. And only people from groups that are included are usually people from Wu-Tang. Yeah, exactly. Outkast. <laughs> yeah, um, And if it's a if it's a true hip hop head list, you'll have like... Um, guru from Gangstar or something, but a lot of times the groups are left out. So I think that's why Bone, even though all of them were dope lyricists, mm-hmm. like in so many different ways, um, they just don't get included. I think I'm still grabbing that chord again. So, as far as your views on 
what's being played mainstream like on the radio. So a lot of people say, I, I, I don't hate all hip-hop right now, but I hate what's being played on the radio. Well, I can honestly tell you, I haven't listened to the radio in, I don't know, I mean, years. Mm-hmm. So do you think that even matters? I don't think it matters anymore. I think what matters more than what's being played on the radio is what the labels are pushing. Exactly. So <clears throat> I get exactly what you mean. Radio held way more weight than it does today. But I think it's still at the top with streaming because you still got these people who are like, who can't afford that monthly subscription of like Pandora, or Apple Music and stuff. Or, or those people that are locked up and have no choice but to listen to the radio. And just like, there's really a demographic to it. And I think, you know, you know what? You're right. You know, I didn't think about that. It's like with marketing, I see that it's, it's so advanced now. Like they're listening to our phones. Mm-hmm. Based, that's how they get the advertisement based on our conversations and our searches on Google and things like that. So I think... I think it still holds a lot of weight, but at the end of the day, they're just pushing that agenda of shake your ass, fake ass, fake titties, and get money, and you know, like mm-hmm. that's lit- like it's selling. Yeah. So yeah, whatever selling is gonna keep getting pushed. Like Popeyes is is ready to re up on chicken sandwiches <laughs> right now. You know what I'm saying? It all like, comes back to the chicken sandwich. Always, because it's it's a perfect example. Like it's an it's weird. Mm-hmm. You know, like, no one's ever done this for fast food ever. Yeah. Like it makes no sense. Yeah, and you would think that if it's like when you bite into it, like glitter pops yeah, out, exactly. and you know, Fifty Cent, you know, comes <laughs> out, and then Joe starts saying, "You, they say this is a big town," <laughs> you know. Say so every time you bite into it, I just come from the poorest part. Yeah, like it's crazy. I, I get what you're saying. Marketing goes back to marketing and what you want to influence people to get or buy or sell for you or mm-hmm. whatever. Where do you see hip hop going, Osiris? And truly, that's for both of y'all. Um, where do you see it going in the future? Like right now, I see a lot of Afrobeats influence. I see a love for lyricism coming back. I see it. Where do you guys see it? You're in a whole different generation. So you're listening to um, some artists you they didn't mention. I'm like, what? What? Which baby? Little who? The baby? Oh, okay. The one whose body don't like it fit his head. Okay. <laughs> Like, I get so confused, right? So, you guys will probably have, may have a little different perspective because you, you know, the youth always has their pulse on what's going on in hip-hop and they're in their early 20s, so. Where do you think hip-hop will be in about five years? I feel like in the future, whenever somebody says that they're a rapper and you don't see what they look like, you'll have no expectation you won't even care anymore it won't matter but don't you think that's a part of branding it's it's a big part now especially compared to back in the day when your image didn't mean as much but you're saying you'll see that go away yeah like i mean it'll still be a big part but people will like it like Mm. people will gravitate toward people for that like with female rappers being on the rise now so people won't be like showing their face i feel like they'll just be more accepted like no matter who all different types like. of rappers yeah. it won't matter like if the label says you need to have this image and yeah. stuff like that okay they might promote the same type of stuff that the label wants them to mm-hmm. whatever they're pushing but so what do you think musically sonically it's going to sound like beat focused 
definitely more focused on the beat. I feel like lyrics were just a focus basically before the 808. It seems like really? after the 808, everything just changed. It didn't change for me. It didn't change for me. Because you're a real one. It matters. Yeah. Thank you. Lyricism matters just as much as beat matters. I it, think they both matter. Like, it seems like it's all about the bounce and what makes you dance and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It's these kids, man. Like, at the end of the day, and the, the kids is what drive everything. Yeah, but that's only short-lived. So, yeah. eventually, we'll yeah, have, you know, mature music from that's why music videos and, and maybe future, you know? You can, I say maybe, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but you never know. But, so you think after the 808, that's very interesting. Lyrics stop mattering. So, it's interesting because, you know, in the dawn of hip-hop, you had the DJ be so important, and the breakdancers so important, graffiti artists, all these you know initial pillars of hip hop, all important to MC. But the DJ was the number one. The DJ was 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 uh, respected more than the MC. Like who whoever the DJ was, how he got the party rocking with music was the person, right? And then the MC um, ended up becoming priority to hip-hop and then it kind of made all those other things kind of fall to the wayside a little bit so you don't talk as much about graffiti anymore and you don't talk as much about djs anymore we talk about producers which is an offshoot of that um, but we only talk about them if they get real 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 big it's not like we're discussing all types of different rappers we don't do that with producers as much right so i wonder if what you're saying is like an evolution of hip-hop like now we're going to the next stage where producers the, the like producers also. Are, are you know matter more. So what would be what would be the next stage after that? What else do we have? But right now it's already as if the producer matters more, but they don't get the, the, credit, the yet. credit yet. But eventually I see that happening. Well, There's already progress being made with that. But do you think that's a good thing? You think because as amazing it's as music is, music um, can make you feel different moods, but you need. To me, you need lyrics to really influence a, a feeling, to really invoke the full feeling mm -hmm. um, and teach a message at the same time. Maybe not, maybe not just a feeling, because jazz can do that without lyrics. But like you need, if hip hop is, has been used to teach us for those who don't have those teachers, or you know, everyone knows it influenced me to start learning and seeking more knowledge. So if you take that away. That's like sad to me. I think that we should definitely respect producers more, but. I mean, that's why Cole and Kendrick are the two top names of this generation that are gonna stick. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because they're saying something, they have something to say. And it's like, they have that finesse with the younger crowd. Yeah, they definitely know how to do the. They balance it. Yeah, they mm -hmm. balance it, they balance it. Um, Kendrick better than Cole, bro. Like, like Migos is always going to be remembered, like Future and everything. Like, that sound, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? That whole, like, really the way that Atlanta started. Yeah. But it's like, they're legends in their own way, I feel like. If, they are. It's they like, are. If, if you can't hear, if, you, if, you can't, if you're not going to listen to it, like, if that's not your type of music, it's not going to be your type of music later on in life either. Mm-hmm. So. I try to keep myself open to most musical genres. And I recognize the genius in a lot of the young, young, um, artists i also recognize the lack of creativity in some of them they just jump on whatever wave and i don't like that but right. you know that all what, what is that quote the the fat rises in the milk or the skim or you know something i'm trying to say but, <laughs> you know the, the the good will always outlast you know all these other people you know prime example is 
we still have amazing hip hop and at one point we have vanilla ice. Like right. people look at that like, uh, oh, that was like a such a such a uh, purposeful marketing ploy. Like we then we have industry plants now. Like people think Little X Nas is one. Exactly. So um, Post Malone. You think Post Malone is? They said that because he just came out with White Iverson and he just blew up. Let me tell you something about Post Malone. I fuck with him. He's Let talented. Me, he okay. He Listen, he is talented. Does he produce? Him? Post Malone looks like he stinks. That's what everybody's saying. <laughs> he looks like he not just stinks though, like garbage cans. Stinks. Yeah, yeah. Like really, really bad. And I have this thing where I be looking at people and be like, I wonder if he smells. Look, he smells. Like I got a couple people. I probably shouldn't do them. Let me just say it. Buster Rhymes. Look, his breath stinks. He really does, doesn't he? Think about it. That's funny. Looks like his breath. That's funny. It couldn't be rapping so fast. I don't know. Him in the hawk and the film dinner. <laughs> It's just something. Like the toothpaste you need to stay in. <laughs> Alicia Keys to me looks like her breast stinks. I don't know why. For real? Yeah, she's one of them. Damn, not Alicia. She's beautiful, but she just looks like she got a little tinge. <laughs> you know, something, you know, burn your eyelash off. <laughs> Possibly. I'm just going to think of a young one who has a funk problem, I think. I've been looking at people, um, of course, I think that Lil Wayne's hair is funky right now. I think that he probably smells like fungus and patchouli. Smell like OG cabbage. No, he doesn't smell like OG Cali. He smells like OG Cali that's been ran over by dog shit. Like he looks like hey, hey, he's a legend. Carter Three is one of my favorite albums of all time. We cannot have Lil Wayne looking like this. His hair no, looks crazy. His head looks crazy. My OG man. I know, he's dope, and please don't be mad at me if you ever hear this lowly <laughs> podcast, but it is a problem. You hear me? Um, let's see, who else, who's some new artists that I've heard? Who else? Name some people. Looking on the girls, let me see. Megan Thee Stallion? Or Megan Thee Stallion? I like her. I don't want to say the niggas none of the women, though. I'm biased. Nikki, hey man, Nikki been annoying lately. Nikki What's has up, been man? a little annoying, so but drama. She's a I, drama queen, man. I think that Nikki is smarter than people think. I think she's gearing up to um, do something. I think she's getting she's her back is against the wall. She has there's, so much talent. She has so much talent, but there's a lot of competition. Her it's voice. very easy to listen to yeah. people tell you, you know, mm -hmm. oh, this person's coming for you, or whatever. I think she handled the Cardi thing wrong. Yeah. Um, I think that they could have been a powerhouse together, but you know what? Now, all these female um, rappers that are coming out that really, she spawned the new wave of. There's so many female rappers coming out that they could eventually do a combo song and be like big or whatever. Mm -hmm. so, easily, easily. Yeah, they so can get so much money together. They can flip it around if they want to. I, I, I would like there to be a bigger push for the female rappers who aren't just ratchets. Like, you know, I can definitely have fun to, um, City Girls and Meg Thee Stallion. Right. Cardi B's Get Up Ten is one of my most motivational songs. I love that song, but that gets to be a little much, a little tired when we do have other people. You know, so we have Rhapsody, which is um, dope and spitting something different, but it then goes back to the beat thing. Like, mm -hmm. you want a beat that's gonna move you. I'm not right. saying Rhapsody beats are, are bad, it's just that beats create a different vibe. Of course. So if you're not looking to just be like, you know, lyrically up and down, then. I mean, they really like beats. Like what he was saying, like I feel like 
is the captain of the whole hip hop shit. It does. That's why he, what he said it's probably sound, true. If the, the sound changes, up. if the producers all change and they mess with this wave, and these are the songs that are sticking and hitting on the radio and just hitting, getting the most streams, like mm-hmm. that's the new sound automatically. And it's true because you look back throughout the years of hip hop, you can think of the influence when, like every um, place that hip hop has went, you can think of the producer at the time. The you know early years, you have DJ Premier and you have Pete Rock. You go into like the RZA, Timbaland, Just Blaze. You go into um, <clears throat> people that we have now like Future and uh, Kanye West because he's still you know considered a producer nowadays. And then we have uh, what's his name Beethoven and uh, what's the DJ Mustard and Help Me is more. There's a lot. There's a lot of them. Metro Boomin. Metro Boomin. Um, Italy Mafia. Yeah, like yeah, that guy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but you you do. Like, wow, y'all. Is hip hop about. Is a lyric, lyricist about to go out? I don't think so. I don't think so either. But Never. that's a great perspective. I think it's going to start being a shift in what's the most important. Because mm-hmm. everybody, like, like, these labels are really dying out. The only thing that the labels could do for you is get you on TV or get you some type of commercial deal. That's really the most they could do for you. Other than that, if, you, if you're if reinvesting in yourself, you could do anything. And everybody's trying to like, you know, either start out more independent or make um, deals that are more beneficial towards them to be mm-hmm. more smarter about deals. Shout because, out to Master the, P, because I remember right, him right. really, really getting it out the mud and really yeah. preaching that. And I see, you see it in so many people now, which is dope. Well, I'd like to thank you both for being here today. Thank you for having us. You can check out Trilly on SoundCloud. Uh, Lime White TV. Lime like the fruit, white like the color. Lime White TV. And you can find me on all streaming platforms. Trilly. And Osiris, you can find your beats where? Follow my Instagram at Osiris the Producer. O S I R I. S, the producer. All right. Until next time, Adult Academy.